Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast, giving you insights into golf instruction at the highest level from on the PGA Tour to our learning center at Frederica Golf Club. First time I've had a roundtable discussion with a player in a while. So my good buddy, Corn Ferry Tour player, had a bunch of a layoff here. Down here to do a little work at uh, down here at St. Simon's, Rick Lamb. What's up, Rick? Not a whole lot. I'm just trying to get cranked back up. We're sitting here watching the old Patrick Reed drop on uh, TV. It's replay. Just saw it live on replay. <laughs> saw it live on replay. We've read Twitter. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, what's it been like? I mean, this last year was a year like, I mean, it wasn't like any other anybody's dealt with. It wasn't as a teacher. wasn't as a human being, I guess. <laughs> I mean, what was it like trying to play through that whole deal? And figure it out. Um, it was strange because obviously it was way bigger than golf and things got shut down. And at one point it didn't even seem like we might, we probably might not even play for the whole year. For sure. At one point or no one knew anyway. So it was nice to get the opportunity to play and somewhat have a normal life. It was interesting. I remember at one point you, Lucas, Andy, there was a bit, bunch of y'all down here. Yeah. Tom. Tom. He's doing well at Baker's Bay right now. Shout out to Tom Lovelady. <laughs> doing better than all of us. Way better. <laughs> Other than Patrick Reed. He's doing better than everybody <laughs> right now. But uh, we're all hanging out. And I remember we, a bunch of us were talking and like, you know, if you use that opportunity to get better and be ready to come out when things got back to whatever normal was at the time. I mean, and I agree. But like that time, I think I did think kind of the tour would start back at some point. Yeah, but I all but I did but wonder about yeah. the I did wonder about like Corn Ferry and the yeah. others, right? Yeah. Because just because of sponsorships and all of that. But uh, once you guys got so, let's talk a little bit about that. So you, we actually did do a lot of work over the over that break, whatever you want to call it, COVID or Corona break. And when you went into that, I mean, you didn't have as good a status as you did now. Mm-hmm. Went in there and you played good, and you came out with good status. You shuffled back in. Yeah, yeah. So the two, I played two events before our break, I guess, which was early March, which helped me get back in the reshuffle for the year, and ended up being pretty much only there was only one event I didn't get into after we restarted. So I pretty much could pick and choose where I wanted to play, which is always nice. And then I guess going into Corona, we didn't know when we were going to restart. Yeah. It was just it was I don't know, probably five six months into us working together so mm-hmm. it was pretty good timing to be able to sit like kind of take a big picture look at what we wanted to do and we had a lot of time yeah we sit had and take a look. <laughs> yeah. i don't know how much <laughs> there were a lot of titos there was a lot of looks yeah um and i felt like we did a you know i felt like we did a good job and then i thought like going well let me ask you this back to last season what was it like as a player kind of knowing that you know, I mean, to me, when I've every time I've coached a corn fairy player, the whole focus is top 25 because then you go to the tour in yeah. the fall. Yeah. And that to me is like your motivation because mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly like, not money on the corn yeah, fairy tour, a, right? And all that long sprint to try yeah. to get your tour card. Yeah. What was it like playing, knowing that? I mean, I get it all does count because it rolls into year two here. Yeah. But how did that change the way you played? And, and if it did at all, it may not have done anything. 
I don't know that it necessarily, I mean, you still show up and you're trying to play as well as you can and try to contend to win a tournament every time you show up. So I think there's, I mean, that aspect is always going to be the same at no matter what the situation is, but it's definitely not as much pressure as normal because you know, you have 44 events rather than 25. So you you kind of expect over that long of a season, the cream will rise to the top. top yeah. yeah. So you're getting ready. We've been getting ready. And one thing you have done is you did take a bunch of time off, mm-hmm. uh, spent some time up in Nashville and you've been down here some, but you know, I'm one that thinks that's good. Cause I just think that I think what we do is so damn long all year. Yeah. I know I have to get away. I mean, I got to go down to the keys and, bury myself in a rum bottle for <laughs> nine days. But what'd you do to get it? And have you always gotten away from it, like stepped away and spent this, or is this new? There's only probably been one other time in my life, where, or well, at least since like college golf, that I've had a prolonged kind of off season like this. And I was, I was done with eligibility for college golf when I went back to finish my degree. And I had like I don't know, like 12 hours. So I was not really doing a whole lot. <laughs> Just had to go back and get through the steps to get my degree. But I was, I mean, I played golf one or, one or two days a week for a whole semester. And that was the least didn't, you've ever didn't, done. Didn't play a tournament for like six months, which is a huge, probably the biggest break that I've ever had. And then this one, because usually I've either had Q school to go to for October, November, December, and then two years of the PGA Tour wraparound season. So what? Uh, usually you don't get all that. How did it feel coming back from it? Good, bad, indifferent? Um, I feel like I'm picking it up a lot quicker than I would have expected to. Really? Which, yeah, the rust is coming off pretty nicely. So It was fun. We First time I'd seen you in 45 days or so. Well, I mean, you don't really count the Jingle Bells a working experience. Some yeah. do, but <laughs> right. But it's the first time I've yeah, seen There's an entry fee. It's a real tournament. <laughs> we, I mean, you, it's got more world ranking points than some of that yeah. stuff on the European tour. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so we took a good six weeks since I'd seen you in a work, went down to South Florida to golf camp, which I, uh, this was your first golf camp, but we had a really good group this year. Obviously, Lucas, Robbie Shelton, Emilio, Andy Ogletree, you, Zach Suker. I don't know if I'm missing anybody. Danny. Danny O from Country Club Collection. And uh, Moose. Moose. Hosted us at Floridian. And uh, Moose Mooseman hosted us at Floridian and Bears Club. And, and we had a great lineup. But uh, I thought that was a good start to the year as we prep. And to me, and kind of what I wanted to talk about is we've kind of gotten to the point where we did a lot of work over – six, eight months, and we got to the point where we really felt like, we, were, you know, you're a left-handed player. We're really trying to get your lower body more stable under you so that you could wind into that left side and reduce your lower body kind of sliding out, and we did a lot of good. Your golf swing looks incredibly better, and you played a lot of good golf, but we kind of came to that conclusion towards the end of last year and then going down to golf camp was that what we needed to do to make that better was spend more time in the gym and to do some physical stuff that was limiting you. Yeah. And I think that kind of started around, maybe it was around, was that RSM time you were up here and, uh, and Colby was here and he kind of spent some time with us at Fred? Um, well, we worked with him. Where was it? Well, I worked, the first time I probably worked with Colby was 
like in June of last year, May. Like, that was like, the time he came up here right before the tour restarted. Yeah. Okay. And then, but then after we finished in Orlando, my last event, I drove down. That's in right. Like October with okay. Emilio and Lucas. That's right. I couldn't remember exactly where we did it. So, so let's talk about that and the importance of. I, I talk about it a lot, but I, I think one of the biggest things I've learned teaching is, I mean, Rick, I can remember teaching people, and you could get them to kind of look good doing slow shit, mm-hmm. but then you turn the speed on and everything, go back to hell in a handbasket, you know, and they'd leave and they'd come back three weeks later. And, he, and I'm not just talking about 20 handicappers. I'm talking about good players. And they'd come back and you'd be like, well, why the heck isn't it better? And through a lot of the work with him, you start realizing that the things that happen in a body, the physical stuff is a huge part of that deal. And then the other part of it is I think it's way easier for players – any, I think any golfer to improve some things doing something with bands or in a gym versus trying to do it while you're hitting a ball. And I, I mean, it's a huge deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I've always been a big believer in, in the gym and worked with a lot of different people on and tried to learn as much as I can about how your body's supposed to move and how to most effectively do that. But Colby's is one of the the brightest that I've ever been around. And he's, he's helped me a lot with my pivot and just doing simple movements where you kind of load it or stabilize either your lower body or upper body. And it's, I mean, I've always spent a lot of time in the gym, but I haven't really done anything. It's all been kind of basic motion stuff, but he's able to incorporate golf movement, but also a workout. I mean, I worked out with him yesterday in Jupiter and I'm sore right now, but, <laughs> but, but I can still swing a golf club. You know, so flashback to when we went down to Jupiter. When we were down there, it was just you, me, and Emilio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he came out He came out to Old Palm with us. Mm-hmm. And I think the ability of having your fitness guy, you know, your specialist in that, and your golf coach, and you working together on a tee is a valuable thing. I've not, you know, until I started working with him, and now you know Morgan, but Morgan does it with us. Yeah, yeah. But until it was Colby that did that. I mean, I taught golf a long time. I've been around a bunch of fitness people. I'd never seen one of them go out to the tee and watch what we're trying to do and then try to get you to do it while the hell you're there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of that that goes out on out on tour with guys that have yeah. their own within their teams. But yeah. I mean, it's as a player, it's great because you can go into the gym and do a workout for an hour, hour and a half or however long it takes and you feel like you're doing the right movements and it's helping your body. Whereas you go hit, sometimes you can feel like you can go hit balls for three hours and not get anything out of it. But you know, in the gym that you're getting it. training correctly. Well, I think that it shows us that, you know, what I've always thought is when a player is hitting balls full speed, I mean, they're basically in performance mode. They're just doing what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you break the motion out and you break whatever it is we're trying to get you to do, whether it's winding up or going through whatever, and you isolate that and that's all you're focused on without a ball and worried about where the ball goes or performance, you got a better chance to get it. Yeah. Take us through. So what we've been working on and what we've been working on is getting you to not slide your left hip out as much. What are some of the things you've been doing in the gym to help you with that? A lot of it is just isolating like one leg stabilization stuff. Um, or like a lunge with a band around your knee that's pulling, trying to pull your knee one way, and you've got to stabilize it while those you do, bands are while tough. You do a twist. Yeah, those are brutal sometimes. 
and then a lot of it, it it's a lot of stability mm-hmm. like real real like strong on stability which i think is yeah. important because like especially for the backswing to me you're really trying to wind into something yeah like your rear leg is like a post that you're trying to wind into and if it's not stable enough to do it or to be you know or to be a base then you're going to have trouble yeah I mean, I, th- I think that's the that's a big power leak for a lot of people, and I've, that's my issue too. So, mm-hmm. one of the interesting things was we had done some work, and, and then last time I was down in Florida, where we worked not only on that, but then we added some structure to the top of your swing, which made it feel shorter. Yeah, but you actually were hitting it further because you were able to get wound up correctly. Yeah, and I think that that's something that you know, like you said, people learning to use their body correctly. So now you're within, what are we, within a little over a month before tip-off? Oh, no, we've got almost less than three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah, about three weeks out. All right, so we're going to work tomorrow and work on some stuff. I mean, it's not going to change anything, what we're doing. But how do you approach the next three weeks getting ready to play, and what will you do? Will you play more? Will you practice more? Um, I think for me, I've been – I've been doing so focused on stuff in the gym, and I feel like my body's moving pretty good. I just need to get out and and play. Try to go. Play. I'll probably try to go play thirty six holes a day. I mean, maybe not thirty six every day, but twenty seven, thirty six holes a day for probably, probably every day next week. And I might try walking a little bit just to get my legs under me yeah. again, just because I've been sitting on my ass doing nothing. I don't think people realize how much everybody walks. I mean, yeah. you know, somebody said to me recently, he was talking about Tiger and like, well, I mean, if he's able to hit balls, he'll be able to play. Like, it's not the hitting balls. I mean, ball, hitting balls isn't easy on your back, but walking for six days yeah, is a lot. Yeah, especially just being on your feet for five or I guess six and a half hours easy. with your warm-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of people would laugh at that, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got to try to get some credit. Are we going to argue the athlete thing? I mean, yeah. who would not think I'm an athlete? Yeah. All right. So you're getting ready to see you three weeks. You're going to play a lot. We know the things you're working on in golf swing. I'm not going to go on a limb here and say that we're working on getting your lower body, continue to get more stable, get you to wind into that left side better. And then the ability to clear out of the way going through is really all we're doing. Yeah. So when you go practice, how do you practice all those together? I mean, I'm going to learn from this as much as anybody, but I'm just curious how you take the stuff we do in a lesson and you go practice it. For me, I struggle with the balance of practicing when I get, like, say, if I want to work on something, which would be like if I've got, say, I've got a couple weeks for till a tournament starts, I want to go work on something. Sometimes I get too caught up in thinking about where the club needs to be rather than the shot shape. So I try to. I think you did too much of that last year. Yeah, for sure. And that's and that's always been some of that's my fault too. I think we got worrying about what the body looked like sometimes after doing some work and, st- and where the club was, instead of just playing golf a little. Yeah, I agree. But it's just, I mean, that's just my what I tend towards. If I'm not saying if, fire me, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's why I like to try to play more because it gets you more in that scoring mode rather than thinking mode, which you just, I mean, the best rounds of golf you're going to play or when you're not thinking, you can't, you're not going to think your way to 64 and just go out and do it. Go do it. Um, so. How do you get your short game and your scoring skills sharp? Is it just playing or? Yeah. I mean, I still, I still think playing, I mean, you've got to be, 
for me, and that's one thing I need to be better at is when I do practice is being very disciplined as to how I practice where it's you're doing things closer to how you would do it either in a tournament or on a, on, in a round of golf where you're spacing out. You're not hitting five chips from the same spot. You're trying to get up and down from a spot. And then you go try to hit, go to the range, try to hit cut shot. Like you're trying to hit the fairway on the next tee ball. But it's, it's not easy to discipline yourself to do that because if you got a bag of balls, you can just hit 10 chips in a row or how, whatever and just. I always say that I was telling, so I was actually telling a junior the other day that every time I go to the Bears and down there to work with Lucas or we're down there, 40% of the time Justin Thomas is out there practicing. It's where he practices when he's home. Mm-hmm. And every time I go by the putting green, he's doing the same damn drill. Yeah. And the same short game drill. Like, and I think that players could learn by that by going to practice with a purpose and doing the same stuff yeah. that they know makes them work. Well, and I think that's, and that's something that is one, well, that's a conversation I have with Colby about fitness. And I mean, I think everybody kind of gets that information overload because you're always trying to find like whatever is going to help your game get to the next level. So you're looking for sources of information, whether it be another player on tour or a guy, a veteran who's retired now and just trying to learn from everybody. But sometimes it's, it's too much where you just need to do the same thing every day and just do your work and golf just kind of takes care of itself. What's some of the good insight you've gotten from some veterans? Because, I mean, I, I like young players that spend time, or not spend time, but, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be learned from guys that have been out there 20, 30 years and, yeah. and won. I mean, you know, I've watched guys, I've had plenty of guys come up and be getting their starts as, like, you know, where they're getting their exemptions. And those guys in the exemptions are generally not paired with Rory. Yeah. <laughs> And you watch him play with a guy that, like, if you we went and watched him on the range, you'd be like, there's no way in hell my guy's going to lose that guy. <laughs> and that guy's been out there for 13 years. He's made $11 million or whatever, yeah. $15 million, and hits it 20 less. And then when you add them all up on Sunday, he shot two better. Yeah. Like, so what? how do you approach getting knowledge from people that have been out there and what are some of the good things you've heard, you've been told? I mean, in my experience, most guys are out on the PJ Tour are awesome. If you approach them and you want to ask them a question, they'll they'll go out of their way to help you out. If you got, I mean, there's I've had a few guys take me under their wing a little bit, and then a guy like as a veteran, Paul Azinger has been awesome to me. He's given mm-hmm. a lot of information and just kind of about how, what he would think about and how he would approach things. And What's the best tip he gave you that you can tell us? The best tip he gave me or best um, advice. One thing that he's told me that I, I like a lot is when he's talking about if he took some time off or he wasn't hitting the ball good, he would just try to hit it as low as he possibly could and try to build up from there because he knew that if he was hitting if he like a very low trajectory shot, say he's hitting a six iron 15 feet above the ground, and he can consistently do that, it's easy to get the ball to go a little higher. But it's hard to, it's, it's, it's hard to get it in that tight window when you're hitting it high. But if you can start it low and kind of build it back up from there. As long as you control that low point. And for me, I've always been a big, I've always kind of leaned on the ball a little bit, a little bit of shaft lean at impact. So that's always been a nice feeling for me. The year I've been around, and I obviously watched you play out there some before, before I started working with you, I'd been around you a bit, practice and such. 
but like when you when you played good, it always looked like you were more shaft lean, kind of trapping it, hitting down. Yeah, which I think that makes you a good iron player, mm-hmm. a good scoring player. Anything else? I mean, stuff you gotten from veterans, or what do you watch if you were playing with a veteran, a guy that was out there, been out there a while? What are some of the? Do you, do you watch how they conduct themselves, how they play? Have you picked anything up being on the golf course with them? Um, I mean, there's, I think there's things that you probably subconsciously pick up from most guys. I mean, I don't, if, if we're playing in a a tournament, I'm kind of more focused on Mm -hmm. what I'm doing, but I mean, you definitely like you throughout the day, you're going to have a conversation with the guy if you're playing with him and you can ask him some questions about certain things. But I mean, it just depends. Some guys don't like to talk on the course. Some guys do. So I think, I don't know. All right. So that's all I got. on That's all right. It's good stuff. So we're move towards wrapping it up but like so moving into a new it's not a new season i i always feel like the beginning of the year should be a new year yeah you know i mean everything we do i mean all the shows everything you know it's 2021 it's starting over but it's not really starting over but how do you approach this i know we you got a week then you kind of got a couple weeks off and it's kind of a staggered stutter step start but one like well what's what's your What's your plan? What's your what are your goals, and what would you consider successful? And let's go from there. I mean, I have an idea what I think we all want is successful, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, my goals now are more on like a day to day basis of like what like I want to. I've got these things laid out for how I want to practice every day, what I want to do in the gym every day, and I want to stay consistent to that because I think. I know that when I've been in good routines is when I play my best golf, just doing the same stuff, just beating it into the ground. How hard is it to stay on good routines? Isn't it weird how we get to sometimes where we look back and go, oh, you know, when I do this, yeah, I play yeah. good, but then... And it's, and it's, yeah, when you travel so much, it's they're easy to slip out of because it's like, all right, I'm in Wichita this week and I can't find that good of a gym within, whatever, 15 minutes of my hotel. It's like, oh, I'll just use the hotel gym and it's not as good or... You pick up some tip that kind of worked that you're like, oh, I, I played, I putted well doing this this week, but it's not your normal routine. I just think that the consistency in the way you prepare leads to, I guess, a calmness because you know you, you did what you wanted to do. So I, like I told you that JT story, it's like always amazed me how many great, when I'm around great players and like if like when I go to a tournament, you know, if one of you guys in that, I just kind of watch people. Mm-hmm. But like, like if you go weekend, it's like Groundhog Day. Like, yeah, you the don't, best players in the world are doing the same every week. Exactly. You don't see them out there searching for something like trying a new drill or switching ever changing clubs and this and that. Like they they know what they're doing and they do it. And What's that club that had the little bend in the shaft? You you remember what I'm talking about? It was like the impact. Something. Or I mean, every event I'd go to, Justin Rose was using that thing on the range. I was like, well, I don't know if he really need to be working on that or not, but he yeah. kept using that thing every time. I was like, shit, I'm going to try it. You know, but uh, like you watch great players, they always seem to be able to do the thing. And I think that's one of the, you know, I don't know that people give them enough credit for that. They're like, that's an art, finding out what you need to do. Finding it, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Figuring out and and like what you need to do nobody, is nobody different get, than what nobody can tell you what it is. You got to figure it out mm-hmm. on your own. And then I think then I think the hardest part of that is no matter how simple or how whatever it is, is committing to stay with it. Yeah, and it's committing to stay with it when on the second week it doesn't work. Yeah, or the first week. 
or the eighth week. Or whatever. I mean, you look at how many guys you hear. I mean, it happens probably a few times a year where a guy misses eight straight cuts and then wins. I mean, it's a lot. It happens yeah. so much more than you think. Yeah. And, but, but, you know, I think that's the, that's part of the deal. And I had a, I had a conversation with a tour player the other day in San Diego on a cart. And I said, like, I mean, you got to get where you don't, you know, where you don't evaluate, where you don't take every bad shot and go try to figure it out. Cause you'll drive yourself nuts doing that. Yeah. And to me, the better you are, which I think you've gotten really good and are really good at this. I think Lucas is very good at this. And that is, you know what you do when you play really good and you just keep trying to do it yeah. instead of like trying to figure out a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's somewhere where I do kind of get off track, but I, when I, I but know you've gotten better though, I've gotten better. Yeah. I, I've, I guess I've more realized it and I've, I think I've done a better job of committing to doing the same stuff over and over and over and over. And it's okay if what you need to do is different than other people. Yeah. Which I think is hard for some people to do. I think it's, I think I, I have never been 20 something years old and out of the PGA tour as a rookie you have, but I would think that that's a hard part about going out there. If you don't have immediate success is not listening to what everybody else is saying and what people are doing. that's making them successful. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I th- I think you've got to be pretty confident in your routine and what you're doing to go out in the PGA Tour as a rookie and just put your blinders on and say, I'm going to keep doing. I mean, and that, but that's exactly what you need to do. You say, I'm going to keep doing what got me here. And I mean, these guys are good golfers and I respect them, but I mean, I got here for a reason. So it's not. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, it's, I mean, you see it every year. There's, there's guys that go out there and have immediate success and it's, Oh, it's, I think it's great to see. I've had a lot of friends do it. Sure. Anything you look at between the ones that do and don't, is there like where you go like, oh, can you tell a guy's going to do it before? Or is it something that just, is it random? With some guys you can, for sure. I mean, just guys, you see it. I mean, you've seen it with guys you've taught since they were young. I mean, they just, they know how to win tournaments and they know how to go out there and compete to win. And it's just, that's, I think that's something that can't really be taught, but that's why I think it's okay, like, not getting off on juniors, but, like, I think it's okay to play a bunch of junior events in your state or your region and win. Yeah. You know, whereas, like, everybody's always like, I want to take my kid to all these AJGAs, and, like, the kid never learns to win. He learns to finish eighth and yeah. get his ranking up. Yeah. But, like, I think there's something to be in said to be in the guy in your state or your town that wins every damn time you tee it up. Absolutely. I mean, that's – I mean, there's so many guys – out on tour that didn't go to the top-notch school or whatever, but they're out there winning 10 times over their career and having an awesome career. I mean, you look at like a Zach Johnson who went to Drake or JT Poston who went to Western Carolina, and they're both doing great. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you went. you got to know how to win. Most guys at any big NCAA Division One school would take either one of their careers where they are right now. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Well, Rick, awesome stuff. Looking forward to working tomorrow. Going to do, do a little workout at Ocean Forest in the afternoon, and you'll be ready to go. And I think you guys are playing a tournament. Uh, I know you start down there in southwest Florida, but you're on the panhandle at uh, down there at Sandesta, which is a new event. Yeah. My old stomping ground, so I might yeah. swing through there. Be a good one. Be a good one. I know one good restaurant there we can go. Only one? 
only ones still let me in. So. <laughs> but they've got good red wine and a good New York strip steak, so we'll probably hit it. Love it. But uh, anyways, best of luck. Thanks for sitting in. Let's talk later this year after the win. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. we go into year two of the tour coach it wouldn't be possible without the support of all our sponsors and i've had some great ones and one of the things that i'm most proud of in my career and in my business is the fact that all of my relationships here and all these sponsorships have been long time long withstanding relationships haven't jumped from sponsor to sponsor and manufacturer to manufacturer and i've always prided ourselves in special relationships and when people work together support each other And we've all put out great products for the benefits of everybody else. So I want to give a special thanks to these folks that have been with me for such a long time. And that would be the folks at Shrixon, Cleveland Golf, and Zexio. Couldn't ask for a better manufacturer to be aligned with. And not only do they put out great product and great support, but they're first-class people. And they believe in what we're doing here on the Tour Coach and with the Dew Sweepers and also Vineyard Vines. Ian, Shep, TJ, and all the folks at Vineyard Vines hard to keep me looking good, but they do a fantastic job. And they're like family. They support everything on the Dew Sweepers. And we're so proud to be affiliated with and support the folks at Vineyard Vines. So if you're out there, you're listening to the tour coach, please support our sponsors, Strixon Cleveland Golf Zexio, as well as Vineyard Vines. And keep listening and keep enjoying hanging out with us here on the tour coach.